Welcome to episode 3 of From Timber Falls with Love, your little dose of romance in the midst of daily life. I'm your host, Fiona West. I'm an author, wife, mom, and teacher, and I'm here to give you a peek into what's happening in your favorite small town. Today I've got chapter 1 of More Than We Bargained For, the fourth book in the series. It's been about six weeks since her Valentine's Day disaster with Charlie, so let's see what Starla's up to at the library today, shall we? Enjoy! There were a few things Starla Miller knew for sure. If she forgot her coat, it would rain. If she let her daughter play with her jewelry, it would disappear. And if it was Thursday, she would find an anonymous package by the back door of the library and see Sawyer Devereaux. He wouldn't be there until the afternoon, but he'd be there. Always was. But since it was only 8.20 a.m., he wasn't one of the irritated patrons waiting outside the library. She was late again. Starla sighed as she dragged herself up to the front doors, a bag of heavy books over her shoulder. "'Sorry, everyone. Rough morning.' She turned to Mrs. Foster. She had a cozy mystery tucked under her arm, a new genre to Mrs. Foster. She'd checked it out to her just yesterday. "'You didn't DNF it already, did you?' "'DNF? "'It just means you marked it in your to-be-read list as did not finish,' Starla clarified as she unlocked the front doors. The older woman blushed. "'Oh, no, quite the opposite. I stayed up all night reading it. We have the next one in the series, don't we?' Starla gave herself a mental high-five that she'd correctly recommended a book that Mrs. Foster would love. "'Yes, we do, and I think someone just returned it.' Mrs. Foster shrugged her shoulders in obvious delight, a shy smile stretched across her face. "'Can I get my holds? I really need to get to work. Some of us can't be late,' Mr. Kirschbaum complained, and it made the joy in her heart wither. She didn't know why it was so hard to get out of bed lately, and that troubled her, too." "'Yes, of course. Sorry about that,' Starla said, leading the way inside, flipping on the lights. "'Just the two, right?' "'Yes, it was two. A flash of a striped tail in the back corner had Starla muttering under her breath. She wouldn't mind having a library cat, if the cat were actually allowed to be here. Based on his tag, his name was Taylor. She didn't believe in giving animals people names, so in her head she called him Sir Poops-a-Lot.' She'd mentioned him at a town meeting once, but no one confessed to owning him. She was this close to just buying a litter box and giving up. Until then, she'd go looking for whatever presents he'd left her in a few minutes. Maybe she'd print out more signage once the early crowd cleared out. This is Taylor. Taylor loves the library. Taylor does not belong in the library. Please don't let Taylor in the library. She hurried to the back door to let Sir Poopsalot outside, and sure enough, there was the box of books. It was big today. She'd need a hand truck to get it inside. Infuriating. She tried to shake off her annoyance, even though Mr. Kirschbaum was still glaring at her. "'Got your card?' Starla asked cheerfully, and he patted his pockets and grimaced. "'I think I left it at home.' "'That's okay,' she said, waving away his concerned look. "'I got you covered. You can look it up?' Of course, she smiled, keeping her gaze on the computer screen. Once she worked through all the patron needs, she got up to check in the returns and reshelve them. 
Starla brushed her fingers along the books in the children's section, looking for the rolled doll books to reshell James and the giant peach. She had convinced another reluctant reader to try his work. Matilda was her personal favorite, but she'd usually start them on Boy or the BFG. They seemed to have more mass appeal. She'd seen a video once in which Roald Dahl has d- had detailed his writing routine. It had convinced her to never try writing a novel, no matter the circumstances. Writers were all clearly at least a little bit unstable. Her own son, of course, would have none of her book recommendations. Aidan had staunchly decided about six months ago that he was only going to read City of Ember for the foreseeable future, and he'd stuck to the decision. He had to be bored with it by now. He had to. But he was his father's son in many ways, and when Charlie put his mind to something, he rarely changed it. It would have been nice if he'd managed to apply the same commitment to their marriage. Eleven years down the drain, eleven years wasted with him, just waiting for him to change. She'd known that he'd been seeing other girls when they were dating. She just thought he'd stop when they got engaged. And while there had been too much evidence to the contrary to let her mind rest, there had never been enough evidence to convict him of cheating. He'd stayed just out of her reach all this time, being careful to sneak around when he wouldn't get caught. It didn't help that he worked in another city. She wondered now if they'd decided to put the dealership in Staten just to stay out of Timber Falls. Not Jason. Charlie's brother was guilty of nothing. She was sure of it. He adored his wife Lacey and their baby, even if he wasn't able to be very reliable when it came to helping out. Lacey would call her occasionally, needing to vent a little about Jason's ADHD, and Starla always listened with a sympathetic ear. But she didn't complain about Charlie. She didn't feel like she could. She'd known how he was, and she'd married him anyway, for Aiden's sake. And then Em had come along, and, well, it had just made sense to stay. Until that day. Starla? She's turned to see who it was and grinned at Hattie. Hello, Mayor, she said. You here for book club? The mind readers met here weekly, and they were the only ones allowed to bring hot drinks into the library. Really, they didn't spill any less than any other group, but Starla had a soft spot for kick-ass older ladies, and all these gals fit that description to a T. Mildred Wilson and Tansy Draper were right behind her. I keep telling you I'm not the mayor any more than you are. You can say it all you want. I know you're pulling strings in this town all the same. Hattie set her coffee on the low bookshelf and began pulling chairs into a circle by the front windows. You make me out to be some kind of puppet master, but I'm just an old lady who likes her horses and her books. That's all. Hmm, Starla said, hoping her skeptical tone was coming through. If you say so. Don't forget your sweets on your list of likes, Starla added, reshelving a copy of Harriet the Spy. Yes, those two, Hattie smirked, rubbing her belly. Thank you for reminding me, Ms. Moore. Hearing her maiden name used again was strange. She felt like it should make her happy, but instead it made her frown, just thinking about all the ways she'd changed since she'd last used it. She glanced at Hattie and found her wearing a matching frown. Your book fairy stopped by lately? her friend asked. Last night, she said with a sigh. It's always Wednesday night. Hattie laughed. It really vexes you, doesn't it? You know it, lady. That dumb fairy, 
leaves easily more than $300 worth of books on my doorstep every month and never leaves a trace to lead back to their identity. No receipts, no address on the box, nothing. Every book still has a price tag from Powell's on it. The City of Books has been busy on this person's behalf for months now. I think it's nice, Hattie soothed, and Starla glared at her. I hate a mystery. The older woman strolled closer to her, lowering her voice as she drew her away from the others. How's the divorce going? Almost done. Our court date's in a month. It should be straightforward. He says he wants to be agreeable. Yes, he's always agreeable on the outside, but I bought a car from him once. He's always got an agenda. True. Starla knew that all too well. He was a master manipulator. It was easier to see now that she didn't love him. Just watch yourself, all right? You've got a good lawyer? Starla nodded. My cousin Peg. She's great. She specializes in this kind of law. Good. Hattie patted her hand. You'll need it going up against Mr. Goldberg. The Miller family's lawyer was on retainer for a reason. No one in Lynn County wanted to mess with him. He'd somehow gotten Chase Carpenter's drug charges dropped the first time, and the second time. He'd gotten off with rehab instead of jail time. She was trusting Charlie that he wasn't going to try anything weird with their divorce. If anything, he seemed sort of apathetic about the terms. She didn't understand it, but she couldn't be sorry about it. The rest of the mind-readers were coming in, chatting, as they basked in the sunshine streaming in through the front windows. Starla moved off quietly to give them some space. Also, the smell of their coffee was doing weird things to her stomach. She usually loved it, but she hadn't been able to touch it lately. Odd, really. Oh well, she could get a Marionberry scone or a ginger cookie at Riverside on her break instead of a coffee. The morning raced by. She did the toddler story time and vacuumed afterward. By the time she finished cataloging the new books, complete with plastic covers, barcodes, and labeling, it was time to take a break. Hands in her pockets, she crossed the street to the coffee shop. But that smell it was still getting to her. What little breakfast she'd had was threatening to make an appearance right on their checkered floor was so confusing. She must have picked up a bug somewhere. She covered her nose with her sleeve and tried to breathe slowly, but her stomach was lurching around inside her like a drunkard. She shuffled forward in line and tried to smile at the large, freckled blonde woman behind the counter. Hey, Paige. Hey, Starla, she smiled. What can I get for you? Just a ginger tea, I think. Yeah, you look a little green around the gills. Starla blinked at her, feeling self-conscious. She forced a smile. Oh, no, I'm fine. It was troubling to think that other people could see she was unwell. She'd have to try harder to act normal. Paige lifted an eyebrow, but said nothing as she poured fresh ginger tea from the carafe. Can I get a little honey and lemon juice with it, too? Of course. Anything else? Nope, that'll do it. She said, passing her five-dollar bill. Keep the change. Thanks, hon. Have a great day. Starla pushed her way out of the coffee shop, forcing down a gag. She sat down on the metal bench and took a sip of the tea. It soothed her throat and her nerves. Where could she have gotten sick? Neither of the kids had even been sniffly lately. Maybe it was a stomach flu, but it wasn't usually going around this late into the year. She took a longer drink of the tea and took some deep breaths. She would be fine, just fine. She'd march back to the library, sanitize everything within an inch of its usefulness, and get back to work. The kids were going to Charlie's tonight. She could go to bed early. Yes, she'd do that. She wouldn't even read, just go straight to bed. Surely that would help. 
That afternoon, her kins hadn't shown up yet when Sawyer came into the library. His gaze was downcast as usual, avoiding the other patrons, striding up the walk in that white and blue flannel shirt, the one that brought out his eyes. You have no right to think about his eyes. Through the window, she saw him do the same thing he always did. He dropped his three books into the return outside, came inside, and went straight to her desk. Hey, got my holds? I sent you an email to that effect, I believe, she replied evenly, not looking up from her computer. She didn't know why she was messing with him. With any other patron, she'd already had their holds waiting on the desk when she saw them coming. It's not like she was trying to draw out their interactions, but she wasn't trying to shorten them either. Yeah, I got it. That's why I'm here. No, she said with a smile, lowering her glasses to look at him over the top of the frames. You're here because it's Thursday. That, too, he smiled back. Shaking her head, she reached behind her desk and grabbed his holds, three more books rubber-banded together. "'Let's see what you've got,' she said, turning the spine so she could see them, and she saw him cross his arms in her peripheral vision. She already knew he'd gotten the first three books in the Stephanie Plum series by Janet Ivanovich. She just liked ruffling his feathers from time to time, especially when he wore that shirt. "'Can I just have my books, please?' That light southern accent, it reminded her of Harry Connick Jr., though his looks had more of a flannel-loving hermit bachelor thing happening. She'd never seen him come into the library in anything but jeans. A ratty baseball cap covered his longish blonde hair and shadowed his eyes. She already knew they were a crystalline blue, like Crater Lake. A mystery, a mystery, and a mystery. She gave him her best deadpan stare. Way to change it up, Devereaux. He uncrossed his arms and put his hands on his hips. Well, I did get some written by a woman this time. Starla blinked. She'd teased him last week about only reading books by dead white guys. She didn't think he'd even heard her. Hope fluttered in her heart that maybe he'd cave. If you're looking to mix it up, I could recommend something you'd... Nope. Why was he being so difficult... Mrs. Graves was approaching the desk, and Starla hurried to get his compliance, knowing he would clam up as soon as other people were around. "'Come on!' she hissed. "'You never let me pick a book for you. I'm great at picking books!' She was too late. She saw Sawyer stiffen as he heard someone else coming. He held his hand out flat, and grumpily, she handed the books over. "'You're missing out. <laughs> See you next week.' He tipped his hat to her politely, then went over to say hi to her kids, who had just walked in and were taking off coats and backpacks, finding their spots to wait for her to finish work. She was still staring after him, trying to make sense of why he was so hot and cold, when Mrs. Graves cleared her throat. "'Sorry, Margie,' she blushed. "'What can I do for you?' honestly love to hear from you if you enjoyed that chapter if you have a question you want answered on the show send me a voice message to on anchor navigate to anchor.fm backslash from timber falls with love no spaces and click the button that says message and i'll try to include it on a future show that's also where you can donate if you would like to support the show financially If you're like me and don't want to learn how to do one more technological thing, you can also send me an email at fiona at fionawest.net. 
As I said, this is book four in the Timber Falls series, More Than We Bargained For. It's Starla and Sawyer's book, and I'll have another chapter for you next time. It'll be out November 9th on ebook, and hopefully very shortly after on paperback. If you need more Timber Falls in the meantime, you can find Daniel and Winnie's story, Could Be Something Good, as an ebook on Amazon or in paperback at most independent bookstores. I'm Fiona West, signing off. Happy reading, book buddies.